you would think that even with them going through this, there'd be even a higher level of empathy. But actually, that's not the case. And the reason being is because surviving the virus really exposes the man behind the curtain in terms of what your base character traits are. And I'm going to simplify this, but it's going to be one of two things in this situation. And now for something completely different. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. From the desert to the sea and across the globe, this is the Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. This is Tony Dufresne, PhD, your host, author of the book of the same title, Surrounded by Idiots. If you haven't got yours, run out and get it now. Supplies are limited. I actually wanted to start the show by uh, talking about a couple uh, housekeeping things. The first thing is, is apparently I am now uh, rating in Peru and the United Arab Emirates. So all of you guys out there that are listening, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. There's a lot of the countries that I do uh, get out to and are this show is being listened to that I don't get really any feedback from them. So I'm glad to get that. And thank you for listening. The second thing is who's already into the Christmas stuff, because I totally am. And I'm always the one that is like, no, don't start till after Thanksgiving. And this is ridiculous. But this year, I mean, I mean, I I thought 2019 was rough because of my daughter and the leukemia and 2020 comes along and it just says, you know, hold my beer. So, so I started Christmas like three months early and I'm loving it. I got the music going all the time. I'm watching all the shows and I don't even care because I just need to be in that spirit. I need to be in that moment. I need this year to be kind of be over. And you know, and I know that just because the year changes or one day changes, it doesn't really make that big of a difference. It's one day, but this year seems to be different and I'm going to use it differently i'm going to shift my perspective to uh having it be a something where it just closes the book and hopefully with the way that the election is gone and the fact that this and i'm actually going to talk a little bit about that mentality that's happening still uh hopefully all that'll be to the wayside and we can kind of move forward with you know being human beings and having levels of humanity and empathy which takes me into the show today i'm going to talk about me uh getting over the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, I had it for the first couple of weeks of November, and I feel a lot better. I still have some lingering issues. And like I talked about in the show last week, there are a lot of people that have chronic or lingering issues from having the coronavirus. Uh, outside of the fact that uh, you know a lot of people are dying, which is horrific, and uh, one of the reasons why this thing is so scary is because we still... Even though most people that are dying are have uh, already ongoing issues or are old and really can't battle this thing because it's tough to battle. This thing is a monster. I mean, it hit me on all levels like I talked about last week. But also you have uh, young kids that are dying, healthy college students that are dying. They just don't know how it's impacting certain RNA or DNA. And so as we go on and we learn more and more about this, it's going to get a lot easier to kind of pinpoint that. And the fact that they're coming out with these vaccines that are so effective is just incredible. And I want to do a show on necessity is the mother of invention and how during our certain times of crisis around the world, we have uh, really focused and there's been so many advances during uh, the world wars. There were so many technological advances that happened uh, that we still deal with today. 
And so that I'll talk about that later. But what I want to talk about today is the COVID character test and how surviving COVID usually puts you into one or two camps. Also on how I got sucked into being so angry and disappointed and just be in the, the my expectations, which I don't think are super high. Uh, yet apparently the bar is so low that any expectation is high expectation when it comes to you know people and how people are dealing with things and levels of empathy. And then I, at the end, I, what I want to do is I want to talk about Stoic philosophy, the foundational aspects of that, and how just understanding it, you don't even have to use it as a religion, so to speak. But if you do understand that and you can use those foundational pillars, it can help you to rise above all of the din of this nonsense and uh, use something that I like to call strategic surrender. So in regards to the COVID aftermath, like I said, I survived with some lingering issues. It's weird too. It's like my back always itches. I get a little foggy uh, and I'm also losing my train of thought, mid-thought. So it makes doing the podcast pretty fun and thank God for editing. But what I have found is that having it and surviving it and getting past all that scary part about the unknown and the fact is is you really don't know how it's going to impact you. When you do realize that you're going to get out of it alive, you would think that even the people that have the mentality of herd immunity You would think that even with them going through this, there'd be even a higher level of empathy. But actually, that's not the case. And the reason being is because surviving the virus really exposes the man behind the curtain in terms of what your base character traits are. And I'm going to simplify this, but it's going to be one of two things in this situation. The first one is is empathy and awareness. If you are listening to this, 98% of you, ninety, I would say 100, but it's never 100, right? A good portion of you are in this camp. And this is the camp of higher levels of awareness or wanting to have higher levels of awareness, having a deeper understanding of the connectedness of everybody and everything and levels of empathy and compassion for fellow human beings. And when somebody goes through something like this, and I consider myself a part of this camp, what it does to me is it it just amplifies the need for all of us to work together. It amplifies the need to do just the basic safety measures in terms of wearing the damn mask over your nose. How hard is that? It's a medical instrument. It's not a freedom thing. It's not a personal rights attack. Should be required medical piece of equipment. But do you see how that fits into all of that? If you don't have levels of empathy and awareness, if you don't have a perspective, uh, if you have more of a fearful it's only about me perspective, then if you don't have it or if you've survived it, then why should you be put out to do anything over and above what's going to benefit you directly? And that's why people are having a hard time with a mask because the whole freedom rights nonsense with a mask is all about themselves. It's not about being a team player. It's not about being empathetic. It's not about having higher levels of awareness in terms of how interconnected we are. That's why I'm a little disappointed as a stoic philosopher is that's really the basis of that philosophy is the interconnectedness. And I'll go through that in a little bit later. Now, this camp, this awareness and empathetic camp also now is more hyper aware because we understand that we still don't know how every single person will deal with this virus and being going through it and 
having, you know, the flu and a cold and bronchitis at the same time, it was not fun. And even with mild symptoms, if you're if you have any sense of empathy, you're going to not want anybody to have this. Then we have the other camp. And the other camp I like to call the narcissist underdeveloped limited perspective toddler mentality. It's a linear reality and I've talked about that before. Instead of looking at things dimensionally and and as things everything is connected, it's more of a okay, here's me and here's the uh, the object in front of me. It's object relations. It's just a basic core fundamental psychological concept in terms of object relations and it's very linear it's just very straight line it's if if this isn't impact impacting me then it shouldn't be impacting everybody if it impacted me this certain way then it should then it's probably impacting everybody else the same way or or most people so that's why i fought through this thing and i'm going to go on tv as the president and i'm going to tell everybody else you shouldn't fear this and you shouldn't let it rule your lives because I got all these drugs that nobody else got, and uh, and I survived it. And since I survived it, anybody should survive it. And whatever I had and the feelings that I had and the way I process things are probably the way that most people do. So what's the big deal? That's that mentality. It's a complete lack of connectedness and understanding of other people living in different situations and having things impacting them on a different level. I mean, how in the world can you go on television and say things like that when there are young children dying from this, when there are healthy college kids dying within like two days? It's mind-boggling, but it's not mind-boggling if you look at the fact that all this is doing is it's exposing the base underlying foundational character of somebody. It's not like their character has changed. It's basically just like exposing things. Again, drawing the curtain back on really who's pulling the levers in people's minds and what perspective that they have. And that's the perspective that they have. And that's why we're coming up against such levels of divisiveness because we're being totally tested. Like as in life or death testing, And when people come up with this particular perspective in terms of being personal rights or being individualistic, when it comes to something that you, that, that as a race, we're not going to be able to survive if we have this individualistic personality or or, or position on things, then there's this aspect of getting defensive about it. And then it goes back to confirmation bias, which we talked about in terms of, well, now I'm just going to surround myself with the supposed facts that are going to support my position, right? And then you're going, well, that's not true. That's not true. The emperor doesn't have any clothes. Can't you see this junk is hanging out? And they're going to say, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I think I can see something. Or really, that's not the point. And then you're like pulling your hair out. And that's like what's been happening with me for sure. So that transitions into the second part I want to talk about. And the reason why I'm so pissed off, not just about me, but hold on, I'm going to kind of roll into things here. It's because I have such a high level of disappointment. I really didn't think that this level of linear, individualistic, fear-based thinking was as widespread as it is, was as widespread to the point where this guy got 70 million votes. I mean, if you look at the fact of the gaslighting, and if you look at the fact of the severe mental health issues that are going on, if you look at the, at the fact of just abuse 
that this guy is doling out from that particular position, a position of power and prestige and status, where if we look at it from a hierarchical type of a thing, especially in this country, that's my perspective, we've always looked at that position as being eh, sort of royalty. We've had expectations of them leading by example, and lead, which includes not just behavioral example, but character example. And there is like none of that. In fact, it's like negative. It's a total pull off of character because there's a complete lack of that. And it's just like being in an abusive relationship and you sit there and you go, listen, hon, why are you with this guy? He's like beating you up or he's like stripping you of all your identity by just bagging on you or doing the things that I talked about in the gaslighting episode. And that's why I have such a grave level of disappointment because I had higher expectations of us as a whole. And I know one of my things is I have very high expectations of myself. I have that of other people. That's why I get upset when I drive because I think, you know, like just base driving skills. Don't you even know that? And of course, that's the rhetorical question of the day, right? Because they don't. There's so many people out there who just don't know how to drive because they don't do it a lot. They're not very comfortable with it or they just don't have the level of awareness of everybody else on the road driving four ton vehicles at high rates of speed. It's the same thing with this thing because of the expectations. And what it reminds me of is of being a parent of a toddler. And the situation that we've had was you had a family meeting and you've got older kids and you have this little three-year-old monster toddler. And you have this fun little election to where you go, okay, for a week, we're going to elect whoever in the house is in charge. And for a joke, the older kids vote for the toddler. So the toddler wins, right? So for an experiment in your house for a week, the toddler gets to make the decisions. I don't even have to go through the example of what would happen, right? Because that's because basically we, we've been seeing that. That has manifested itself in what's been going on in this country for the past four years. We've had a toddler mentality as the leadership position. It is extremely individualistic. It is narcissistic. It has no concept of connectedness. It has very low, if any, levels of empathy and understanding for the different struggles that everybody in the family are going through. And there's there's no common sense. There's no logic in terms of the decision-making process. I mean, if you'd sit there and you go, you know, for toddler, what would you like, you know, what is everybody having for dinner? And the toddler's going to say... Reese's peanut butter cups because they don't look at it from the concept of nutrition or what's going to keep you up. And it's going to, I mean, just imagine the disaster if the toddler's running your house for a week. Well, that's what's been going on. That's the mentality that's been going on. And the fascinating part about it is, is that with that being the leadership position in this country over the past four years, it has sadly and disappointedly exposed the fact that a good number of people in this country are totally cool with a toddler making decisions because they're all, you know, toddlers themselves from that underdeveloped position. They don't see the big picture. They don't have the levels of empathy. They don't understand that we are all limbs on the same body, which is a Stoic philosophy foundational thing. And it's almost like, you know, one of your hands gets possessed and then starts choking you out. And that's what's been going on. You're trying to kill off the thing because that's because you're doing what you want to do if, in spite of the body itself. Another thing 
another metaphor that I was thinking of is it's like, let's say you're on the third story of this house and the house is burning down and you're hanging out the window and the firemen have that little trampoline thing that you can jump into. And they're like, jump, jump from the third level and your left hand will not let go of the inside of the window. It just won't let go. Now, in like five seconds, you're going to be a crispy critter, but it just but the fear is holding you back from from doing something that's going to benefit your entire body and your entire life. That's what's been going on for four years now, and that's what happens. And that's how this COVID nineteen is exposing the people who are surviving this. It's exposing that personality trait, and it perfectly exemplifies the reasons why we're having so many issues. And the reasons why I got sucked into this stuff and the reasons why I'm so disappointed and the reasons why I've had I my expectations are shattered and th- there's even, there's no bar anymore. It's not even on the ground. It's like buried. And the reason why I'm so pissed, it's not for the fact that they're doing that or that's where the bar is. It's because it's I'm letting it impact me that way. I'm it's challenging all of the stoic philosophy foundational stuff that I live by. And I'll just go over the basic ones with you. Stoic philosophy is based in four basic principles. It's based on interconnectedness, different limbs of the same body. We're all connected. There's also an aspect of social duty, which is acting in the service of others. And being a part of the solution instead of the problem. And helping and sort of putting your oar in the water with the canoe, helping the whole thing go. The third thing is levels of empathy and understanding. Again, that goes into the connectedness thing. It goes into into the compassion component of Stoic philosophy. It's just having levels of empathy or sympathy if you can't empathize fully. And then the fourth thing is self-transformation and continuing to look to do better, continuing to try to improve and try to be better connected and try to understand more about, about people, places, and things. Because we're all supposed to be conduits for the greater good. It's a life of virtue. That's the the ultimate goal of Stoic philosophy is to live a life of virtue and harmony and flow. And with all this stuff going on, it just, you know, it's like Godfather 3. The more you want to get out, the more they pull you back in. And that's what's been happening. I've been so insanely disappointed. And you keep seeing the new stuff and you're like, God, does can it get any worse? And it just does. And it's been happening for four years now. And it's it so challenges these basic fundamental things. So what I've done to successfully get myself regrounded and refocused back to my level of peace and harmony from the Stoic philosophy standpoint is I like to do something called strategic surrendering. And it goes back to that whole metaphor about the guy taking a journey and he comes across this big raging river. And he, there's a bunch of, you know, the ones with big boulders and stuff, and it's raging. And so he needs to get across the river because he wants to continue on with his journey. So he starts jumping from boulder to boulder. Well, he gets about halfway out into this big river and he jumps to this next rock and it's slippery. It's got a little moss on there and he slips and he falls. So he falls in the water and it's raging and he's getting bounced around and he, and he goes to grab something and he grabs this other boulder. So he's grabbing onto this other boulder for dear life. But the force of the water is so strong that it keeps banging him up against the rock. It's beating the crap out of him. And he's sitting there holding on for dear life, but he's getting just wrecked. So the only option he has in that situation is to let go of the rock. It's the third story window. Let go of the window and jump. You have to 
let go, and surrender to the process. I have to constantly remind myself to let go of the rock and surrender to the rapids of idiocy that's that's, that's around me and just flow with the process and then do what I can to go with that and to angle myself over to the other side of the river so I can swim out safely down the river. And with that grounding concept and going back to that sometimes multiple times a day if needed has really helped me to just stay focused and stay grounded in what all that is going on and just do the things that I can do personally to make things better for not only myself, but for everybody around me. And then you know how that goes. It's like a throwing a rock in the pond. You know, the little rings, they keep going out. And that is strategic surrender. If you find yourself in the same particular position of being insanely disappointed, you have relatively high expectations for yourself, but you can't hold that to anything right now. And that's really not the point, is it? The point is is to surrender to that and just look at you doing your thing and doing the best that you can and getting better and expanding the way that you can and making sure everybody in your circle realizes how important they are to you by reaffirming that to them and just living our lives every single day doing the best we can. And that's how I've gotten through covid And that's how I will continue to get through this whole transition process into a new world because we are in a new world. I hope things are good with you. If you do have this or if you did have this or if you have somebody who has passed from this, I'm so sorry. Uh, It's it's a it's not fun at all. And even if you do happen to survive it, like I said last week, there's some lingering stuff that might be happening and you still have to keep on top of things and wear your mask and keep your distance. And especially now with the new surge coming in. And our poor uh, medical workers that are getting overtaxed, and I know some of them, and God, they're just getting killed. Because people are not doing what they should be doing. They're not making the small sacrifices now for the for the benefit of the whole. If there's any comments or questions, you can get hold of me at Tony at javabud.com, J-A-V-A-B-U-D. The audiobook is on Audible. The paperback or the Kindle book is on Amazon. Again, it's uh, the website is javabud.com, J-A-V-A-B-U-D. I hope things are great and uh, stay safe. Uh, keep away from people. Wear your damn mask. And we'll talk next week.